Father, we come to you this morning, Lord. We just want to say thank you, Father, for another opportunity today, God, to gather in your house this morning to worship you in spirit and in truth. And Lord, as we come this morning, we give our vessel to you, Lord, and we just ask, God, that you would now come, Lord, as we've heard the wonderful song sing, and as the presence of Lord is He's in this building already, and he's moving and blessing the people, Father. We just ask this morning, Lord, that you would just help me get myself out of the way, Lord, and may you come. And may, Lord, you come in your power and in your demonstration, Lord, and may you do that which that you have intended to do today, Lord. May we yield ourselves to you now, God, and may you come. May you be pleased, Lord, with everything that's said and done today, God. We just want to give you all the glory. And we give you all the praise in advance, and we say thank you for it. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, amen. Amen. Just want to thank you this morning and thank Brother Tim, Sister Karen, Brother Timothy, and Sister Ruth for all the hospitality and the many years of friendship that we've had. And, and it's been a great blessing to my family. And You know, God knows just when to bring somebody else into your life at the right time and the right season, because God makes no mistakes, and he does all things well, so we certainly appreciate all that, and appreciate each and every one of you, and we love you in the Lord this morning, and pray that God would bless you today, and I also want to, it just come to me a while ago, while I was sitting in the office, I just want to give a special thanks to all of you who have prayed for my wife when she was down for about a year and a half, and, and at times I thought she wasn't going to live, but Jesus showed up one day uh, and fixed the problem. Hallelujah. So I just appreciate all your prayers for her. And, and when he comes by, he makes all things right. Amen. God bless you this morning. Let's just turn to the scripture to Exodus chapter 34 and verse 7. And we'll read one scripture there and then in John 8 and 36. <clears throat> Keeping mercy for thousands, forgiven iniquity and transgression and sin. And that will by no means clear the guilty. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children unto the third and to the fourth generation. John chapter 8 and verse 36. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. So when the devil puts a curse upon you and the Son comes in to live in you, then the devil has lost his power over you. And therefore, who the Son has made free, you shall be free indeed. May God add his blessing this morning and you can be seated. We can see by the scriptures that Things are passed down from generation to generation. And we're certainly thankful this morning for the blood of Jesus Christ who 
can break all the powers of sin. But have you, you've not noticed, I know you have, but you've noticed sometimes in families there are certain problems or strains, maybe with a father who, who has an uncontrollable anger, and, and then his son comes along and he has uncontrollable anger, and maybe the grandfather had uncontrollable anger, or, or maybe it's not even anger's the problem, but maybe you find in a family uh, a strain of fear and depression that seem to plague generations after generations. And it comes upon one, and maybe it takes something to even trigger the fear that they are in. But, but you even find, and I have found, I've, I've seen men who has abused people, and then his children are born, and he has a son, and he abuses somebody. And then his son abuses some more. And it, it, it's like a cycle that we get in. And, and it's actually, it's an iniquity of the people have been passed down to generation and to generation and to generation. And without the Holy Ghost ever coming in and abiding in that person, it'll continue to r- run rampant in their lives and, and to destroy those that are around them. That's why we need the Holy Ghost to come and to break the cycle that we have got ourselves in. He is a curse breaker. Hallelujah. So we find then that many people are are living under the bondage that the sins of their forefathers have actually brought them under. Brother Branham talks about someone suffering with something that maybe nothing that they did but it was passed down. Let me just read you something this morning. He says, now maybe you say a sickness sometimes. You, you are sick. And, and you say, did I sin? Oh, it might not have been you that sinned. But remember the sickness is visit the iniquities of the parents upon the children and the children's children until, until the third and fourth generation. And it's just wearing down. It's the wearing out of these human bodies and sin piling up and so forth. It's like venereal and so forth. It visits on down. So it's more, it's more than just a learned behavior. If you have somebody with an anger issue, they didn't just learn to be angry. It's something that has been passed down maybe from the generation before them. It is a spiritual bondage that people get under. And it might not be anything they could do that actually put them there, but the sins of their forefathers have been visited down to the generation in which they are living in. You take a child who's been adopted. He don't, he don't act like the adopted parents. He'll pick up traits from the parents of his natural birth. So it's generational curses are in families, even like in illnesses such as heart disease, cancer. Say, well, cancer runs in my family. It don't have to run in yours now. Uh, There is somebody who can break that this morning. And you don't have to live with the fear that just because one person in your family had high blood pressure does not mean this morning you have to have high blood pressure. Uh, So many times we sign for the devil's lies and we sign for the box of rattlesnakes before we ever even have a symptom. You know, sometimes you'll be laying in bed or in the living room or sitting around, and all of a sudden you have a pain. I'm probably having a heart attack. Or I've got a kidney stone. You know, the devil, he works on the mind. This is the battleground. But he can't have this down in here, for this belongs to God. But the enemy rigs, let him come. But 
greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. So we see that these things begin to come in upon our families and they take hold of them and they will actually destroy people. Mental problems are passed down from generation. Irrational fears and depression, as I mentioned. And sometimes they might lay there until something actually comes up and triggers that in their life. Let me give you an instance. Let's say unforgiveness. Huh? Unforgiveness is a serious sin that blocks the forgiveness of even your own sins. Huh? In Matthew chapter 6, verse 15, he says, But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So it gives an ample room and legal grounds for the enemy to come into your life and begin to wreak havoc on your life. He's got all the rights in the world because you have not forgiven your brother or your sister. But Brother Jason, they didn't ask for forgiveness. The Bible didn't say they had to ask for forgiveness. But it did say you had to forgive them. It's kind of like a king in a kingdom. Matthew chapter 18, verse 23, which would take account of his servants. And he began to reckon that one was brought unto him which owed him 10,000 talents. Now, in one study Bible that I have, I looked at that and had a footnote in there. It said that would be in today's money, $290,850,000. So he had a large debt. And he wasn't going to work his way out of it like he asked his master. Let me work until I get my debt paid off. Well, unless he falls in a money pit, he ain't getting his debt paid off. Unless he plays the lottery or God help us. Huh? And so he makes a he makes a deal to his master, and his master sees it has compassion upon him. And the Bible says that he loosed him and forgave him of the debt. Now he forgave him of a money debt, but how much more has our Lord and Savior forgiven us? We had a debt. There's no way we could pay, but Jesus Christ paid your sin debt. Hallelujah. But the same servant went out in verse 28 and found one of his servants, his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. In other words, this one man owed 290 million eight hundred and fifty thousand. He was forgiven of, and the other servant owed him $17. Quite a comparison, isn't it? And many times we are forgiven of much, and we forget what God has forgiven us of. And after years of being in the message, so to say, or been following Christ, then all of a sudden we forget where we come from and somebody has a, something comes up against us and we're not willing to forgive them. But Christ forgave you of a mountain of debt and we won't even forgive our brothers and sisters of maybe a misunderstanding. Come on. It's a sad place to be in. But all of a sudden, then the, the master heard of the man who was forgiven of much, and, and he goes back to him, and he has him thrown in prison, just like he did the servant that did, he didn't forgive. And Jesus says, so likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one of his brothers 
their trespasses. So the reason for everyone being sick is not always the sin that you've done. Huh? For Jesus says in John 9 and 1, he says, And Jesus passed by and he saw a man that was blind from his birth. And the disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered and said, Neither hath this man sinned or his parents sinned, but that the glory of God, the works of God, should be made manifest in him. So sometimes things happen to us to allow the power of God to be manifested in our midst. But too many times some of us get this old Pentecostal idea that if you get sick and something happens, well, bless God, you must not have been living right. We drag too much over from our denominations that we came out of when we needed a Malachi for birth, we're still stuck back under a Pentecostal idea and Pentecost won't get you in a rapture. You must go back to the original Pentecost and get the same experience, the same Jesus, the same power, the same glory, the same works that be following this church that followed that church. Deuteronomy 28 and 58 says, If thou wilt not observe to do all the works, words of the laws that are written in this book, that thou mayest fear this glorious and fearful name, the Lord thy God, then the Lord will make thy plagues wonderful and the plagues of thy seed, even greater plagues, and of long continuance and sore sickness and of long continuance. Moreover, he will bring thee all the diseases of Egypt, which thou wast afraid of, huh? And thou hast, and thou shalt cleave unto thee. Also every sickness and every plague, which is not written in the book of this law, them will the Lord bring thee until thou be destroyed. So mercy, we sure don't want to be in that predicament. Huh? Listen, he says in a prayer, faith is our victory. He says, a rewarder of those that diligently seek after thee. And I would ask you to be merciful unto them, Lord. And whatsoever there is, the cancer of doubt, the cancer of temper, and I'm tearing this thing off. Cancer of temper, the malignancy of unbelief, take it out just now, Lord. And give them the Holy Ghost. I'll fill their soul with goodness. Hallelujah. Fill it with goodness. Baptize them into thy kingdom just now as they have raised their hands in a confession of faith. He said, we've been clogged up with all kinds of doctrines and theology and all kinds of stuff. Stuff. Stuff that don't even matter. We get all clogged up with all kinds of stuff. And unbelief, it's been handed down from generation to generation. My daddy didn't like you, I don't like you. He said, you remember, devils never die. They always live. But there will come a time when devils have to all die. Hallelujah. There will be a total annihilation. But now they are alive, working from one generation to another generation. And he said, seemingly, they are powerless until they can get into a person. But he who the Son has made free... 
is free indeed this morning. You don't have to listen, church, when the gospel of Jubilee sounds to you. When the trumpet sounds, don't miss the trumpet. Too many people have missed the gospel trumpet. Oh, one woman said, one time, well, I'm just a Lutheran, and that's all you'll ever be. My mother was a Lutheran. My grandmother was a Lutheran. Well, you're just a bond slave too. Huh? Well, brother, listen, I was born in the message. That don't mean no different than saying you're Lutheran. Huh? You can be born in the message, but you still have to have a birth. You still must have an experience. People want to take the old-time Holy Ghost experience and do away with it. Listen, church, that won't, listen, Acts 2.38, Brother Benham said, an invisible union of the bride. He said, they don't want none of these miserable shouting, screaming, creature, miserable creatures that she thinks they are. But that's the only kind that this word will produce. Not a dead religion. Brother Benham said, if your religion is dead, take it out and bury it. And get you one that's got some life in it. I told my church, I said, you know, I'm pretty sure it would be on Facebook pretty quick. If I come to myself and I was sitting right here and my pant legs were rolled up and I was preaching, that's what happened to the prophet. And then one time he come to himself and he's down in the aisle dancing with that little Amish dunker girl that he thought was making a tavern out of his church. Huh, he got critical of the move of God. Listen, church, many times if we're not careful, we'll get critical when the Holy Spirit begins to move or we criticize the music or we criticize the song leader or whatever the purple, whatever the one might be. But if God is moving and you speak against it, you are blaspheming. Huh, we don't want to blaspheme the move of God, but we want God to have his power and we want there to be freedom because where the spirit of Christ is, there is liberty this morning. Don't take yourself and let them put an awl in your ear so that you can't go free. You can have a jubilee. Huh? You could preach the word to people who's rejected the word of the hour. You could preach it. The Holy Ghost could heal the sick, open blinded eyes in their midst and speak in tongues and it all be interpreted according to the scripture and everything happened exactly right, but they can't hear the sound of the trumpet because they have been deafened to it. But don't let that be your place this morning. Just because mom or daddy don't go to the house of God anymore, just because they may not pray anymore, does not mean that you can't have a personal revival this morning. But Jesus Christ, for the prophet of God, said in the church age book, Every generation has their chance at a revival. Not just a shout and screaming type of revival, but a word revival that'll turn men's hearts back to the word. Hallelujah. He said, listen, you young people today, I don't know whether you come to church or whether you come, you young boys and girls, did you realize the things that you're doing, if there's another generation, your children will be judged for what you do. Haven't you no respect or de of decency? You girls that's out there wearing these little shorts and things around, that, that, reflects, that reflected on your daughter. 
<clears throat> Did you know your grandmammy was a flapper and your mother mammy was a coarse girl? That's the reason you're a striptease today. Certainly. What will your children be? Yes, sir. God said he would visit the iniquity of the parents upon the children and their children to the third and the fourth generation. And do you realize, my brother, every time you do that which is right, that also will be visited to your children. You can do wrong and it's visited, but you can do right and it's attributed to you also. Hallelujah. Glory to God. While Abel Levi was in the loins of Abraham, he paid tithes. Listen, he wasn't literally there, but it was attributed to it because his father was righteous and so righteous. Let us have some righteous fathers and mothers this morning that are so righteousness so our, our children can reap the righteousness. Look, the iniquity is visited and so is the blessings. There ain't enough devils in hell that can interfere with God's program. Bible didn't say he potentially paid it. It said he paid it. Huh? It didn't say Jesus potentially paid your price of your sin debt, but he said he hath already paid it. And when he hung at Calvary, he said, it is finished. What is finished? The sin debt has been settled forever. You don't have to live with addictions any longer. That's been passed down. You can be set free this morning by the gospel trumpet of the word that sounded. Adam passed righteousness on. Down to Seth. The serpent passed his attributes on down to Cain. And Cain was of the evil one. Not even mentioned in the lineage of Adam. You don't find it, old brother Jason. If I, if I could just change my surrounding this morning. If I could just change my church. If I could just change jobs. I could be an overcomer. If I could just get a break, you got one. The Holy Ghost. Huh? He's already broken it for you. Oh, if I could just, if I could find a perfect church, I'd be a different person. Oh, if you found a perfect church when you got there, it'd no longer be perfect. People say, well, you know, many times they just drag one trouble to the next trouble. So what? Now, there are people who change churches, don't drag troubles. I'm not saying there ain't. But if we're not careful, we just carry baggage. Well, I, I could live better if I went to this church. No, you could live better if you got in Christ. And Christ got on the inside of you, and you ever met the Holy Ghost, the person of the Holy Ghost, and let him come inside you, it would make a difference. It would no, no, make no difference where God had you placed at. If God placed you there, he would feed you there. Adam and Eve fell in a perfect garden of Eden. So don't think you're going to be overcoming in an imperfect world without the blood of the Lamb. Eve was deceived, but Adam had a choice to make. I like this quote where Brother Ram says, he goes, last evening, he said, it was a little difficult for me. Something happened that very seldom had to happen in a meeting. I, I was just getting ready. She and visions began to break over the people. And as I started to move into the vision, something happened before me. We talked about it till I, I got good to myself. About until 1 o'clock in the morning nearly, I saw Adam. Leave the Garden of Eden willfully. Huh? He went out 
love because of the love he loved his wife. And I seen Jesus, hallelujah, come and go out willfully taking the sinner's place because he loved the church. Oh, my, we can catch that same vision this morning. It's not about who you know on this earth or what your status quo is, but it's about do you know Jesus and do you accept his full pardon and his grace this morning? He has delivered us. He set us free. Glory. Only he can take away the curse that's against you. Lord, if I'm sowing the good seeds, I'll be reaping the right thing. If you plant a corn of wheat or a corn plant or whatever, when you plant it and it matures, it brings forth many. You don't just plant one thing and reap one. You reap many. And that's why we have to teach our children and our children's children, and we have to lay those things out there many times and and he says, you know, many times, brothers and sisters, you run out here and people live and run around with man's wives and break up homes and live in that way. What do you expect another generation to be? Well, look at this generation that we live in. Our prophet's preaching this back in the 50s or 60s, and now we can see the manifestation of the word that's actually happening in our day. It's nothing but a big conglomeration of sin and debauchery, and God is sick of it, and he's about to spew them out. Listen, church, there will be a rapture. There will be a literal coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the prophet of God said, all believers believe that. Well, Brother Jason, hadn't the rapture already happened? Well, it's in progress. Hmm? It's happening. Well, aren't we in a millennium? Well... I guess your soul could be at rest. Better be at rest. But this right here is no millennium. For when I wake up in the morning and I have aches and pains, if this is the millennium, my beard's turning gray, my hair's falling out, and everything else starts going haywire when you get a little older and you, don't, you look in the mirror and you don't recognize the guy that's there any longer. What happened to that man? He is groaning and crying for a new body. And there will be one some glorious morning. But as of right now, we're still in a battle. Listen, this is not the millennial reign, so to speak, is what people have taught. But there is a real millennium that's coming. And the righteous shall walk out on the axes of the wicked. And I heard the prophet of God say this morning, it'll be totally annihilated. There'll be no more sin. There'll be no more pain. There'll be no more sickness. Hallelujah. For the blood of Jesus Christ comes and cleanses us. Let the fire of God cleanse our hearts even this morning. Hallelujah. He said, there's one thing left for the day we're living in. That's an atomic day. He said, when one day the heavens, the sky will burst into flames. But he said, that little bride won't be there then. She'll be caught away. And he said, it'll be so sudden till the world won't know nothing about it. Oh, Brother Jason, we're looking for all the graves to open up, all the unmanned vehicles. And it's not going to be like everybody portrays it in a denominational world. Probably won't be like some of us portray it in our own mind. But one thing is for sure. 
It will happen. And it will happen exactly like the word says it will happen. You know, there was a, years ago, there was a young boy, Brother Ben tells the story about a young man who had hooked up with this young girl and, and he had did something harmful to her. And instead of apologizing, he just walked away from her. And he didn't apologize. And Brother Ram said, now the mother was a German and the father was an Irishman. And he said, that German had a strand in it, a strain that run through there. You could say good morning to them. And this thing don't like me. You could say good morning to them and they'd just look at you. Wouldn't smile. I told my church, I said, we got a lot of Germans. Huh? You look at them, you say hello, they just look at you. They don't have no life in them, you know. They just starchy, cold. He said that's the way her family was. Wouldn't, wouldn't apologize for save their life. And, and he said the father, he was an Irishman. And his family, they, they was moody, tempered. May have some Irishmen in the church. Huh? Cranky. All out of order. He said, but he wasn't. And one other man in his family wasn't because he'd been converted. I've heard people say, well, that come from my father. That temper come from him. Yeah, but you can break that thing. Huh? So he began saying, the father and mother, Brother Ram begins talking to him, you know, and he said, the boy seemed to be a Christian. He'd repented. He'd been baptized. And he, he was sitting there in the church with the believers, but he had not received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And he was just sitting there pretending and thinking that he had it. Listen, there's a difference from having it and knowing you're having it to thinking you have it. You can think you have it all day long, but there will come a test someday to prove whether you really have it or whether you don't. May God help us this morning. Honey said, so he said, no reflection to the father or the mother. They, they couldn't help, but this was bred into the boy. And he was just born this way because mama had it and daddy had it. And you take those two cultures, put them together, and then you had an unforgiving, high-tempered, moody, unconverted young man. And he wouldn't ask for forgiveness because he's just too proud. And the genes of the father and the mother is both there. And now here stands this boy who needs the Holy Ghost because with the Holy Ghost, he'd go make his wrongs right. Huh? And he says, and then he, he looks at the mother and he says, Mother, your, your family is this away, but not you. Because the Holy Ghost has come. And it has changed that. Uh, he said, then I looked to the father and I said, Father, uh, your family, they're moody, they're, they're high-tempered, they're high-strung and all these things, but not you, you're kind. Why? He said, because the Holy Spirit is there. And he said, that's what happens when the Holy Ghost comes. You become forgiving. You become loving and kind in your nature and things. And he says, now that same thing must happen for your son. And the father and mother both stood up and said, not my son. He's been to the altar. He's been baptized. He said, well, I'm sorry. He's never had a new birth. He's never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost yet. And until he does... And that's when Brother Ram, one place he goes, now, young man, don't you marry, or young girl, don't you marry a man that don't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost? He'll make hell on earth for you. Right. Huh? So here he is making hell on earth for this girl that he's hurt, 
Didn't matter that he'd been to the pool and been baptized. He had to receive the new birth. He had to receive the spirit when it come upon him. He says this, he says, and yet in his intellectuals, he is trying his best to overcome it. He can't do it. He'll never overcome it. Christ will have to overcome it. Hallelujah. And when he lets Christ in, he says, then he's already overcome then. It'll be a perfect paradox when a man is born of the Spirit of God. So only the Holy Ghost can break those generational curses and the cycles that we get ourselves in many times. It's just the same thing over and over and over. And without the Holy Ghost coming, it just continues on. And when you become a Christian and accept Christ as your Savior, then God sends down the abstract. Uh, it shows that no matter what your father done, uh, no matter what your grandmother done, no matter what your grandpappy might have done or anybody else did, your mother and daddy, your mother might have been a harlot or daddy might have been a drunkard or whatever they was, but if you've got an abstract title deed, there is nothing that can be held against you any longer. It annihilates everything that was placed upon you. And you have been rid of it. It's clear. Hallelujah. You get a deed to a piece of property without an abstract, somebody can come put you off of it. But if you got an abstract to the title deed, then nobody can move you off of what is yours. Hallelujah. You have an abstract. Nothing takes you off of it. When you get the baptism of the Holy Ghost, every gift of God belongs in the church. It's an abstract to the deed. It's like the old Pentecostal experience coming from the Holy Ghost in the last days, as he promised, he said. It is the abstract to the title deed. Now, you get a title, and you, you title to a little place, and, and it don't say it's yours. Somebody way back yonder can come in and put a claim on it. But when you get an abstract that shows that everything that's been against it has been struck off, plumb back to the foundation of it. Amen. All the way back, generation after generation after generation after generation. You can say, you know what? I own this. My granddaddy, my great-great-granddaddy owned this, and I'm just going to inherit. It's just going to be mine. But if somebody else has put a claim on it, if there was a lien against it, the lien will have to be paid before the abstract can be cleared for the title came. So it takes, it takes you going out and paying what was held against him, going to the bank, and that's why you send it to a title company do all the search on it to make sure there's nothing held against that piece of property. And what do you think Jesus did? Huh, that day at Calvary, when he walked up Golgotha's hill and he hung between heaven and earth, he did a search and he searched all the way back down through time and he saw everything that was ever held against you, young men, and he struck it off by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. And now you can be free. The gospel trumpet has sounded this morning. You don't have to be a slave any longer. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Brother Bram said it's kind of like that little epileptic child he prayed for. He said a few minutes ago, that come from the grandparents. And that epilepsy fell down and upon that child. It was passed down. 
generation to generation. But he said, when the abstract comes, it struck off and omitted everything. Hallelujah. It breathes out all the coal. It gets rid of everything that's held against you. And the devil says, well, you once was this, and you lived this kind of life, and you lived this kind of way, but I have an abstract this morning to the title deed that my debt has been paid, and there's nothing. There is therefore no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. It's all been buried. Annihilated. All my sins are struck out. All your sins are struck out, he said, by the blood of Jesus Christ. So then the same Jesus with the same power and the same Holy Ghost. I heard a man one time teaching and he said, the Holy Ghost we get today is different than it was on the day of Pentecost. So I turned him off, even though I was sitting there. Huh? I said, Click, done with this guy. He can't even keep the word straight. Listen, the reason why so many people want to change the word is because they try to make a substitute for the new birth. But there is no substitute for the new birth. You must die out to your sins and you must get all dirty and all snotty. Huh? Brother said, I don't care where a birth is, if it's in a pink decorated hospital room, or if it's in a pig pen, or if it's at an old fashioned altar, it ain't nothing but an oil. It ain't no dried in there. But there's something, there's life coming forth. Should you take a baby and the doctor spanks it and it don't say anything, he becomes a stillborn. Had to get a life in him. <laughs> Glory to God. What does the church of God need today? Back to the original faith of the apostolic fathers. Huh? It's the same Holy Ghost that's manifested in the body today that was manifested in the book of Acts. It's the same glory. We're going from glory into glory, and it's going back to the original seed, back to the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the same signs, the same wonders, the same power, the same kind of people living the same kind of way, speaking by inspiration, the same kind of voice. It is the voice of God in this last day. It's ringing out through a many-member pride today. Let man try to shut it up. They'll never shut Shut us up. We'll be raptured up. Glory to God. With the same power, acting the same way. Having the same deliverances. Huh? Having the same move of the Holy Spirit. Brother Danny Stingman's grandmother told him. She said she was in a lot of Brother Bram's meetings and she said, Oh, Brother Danny, the Spirit of God would begin to move in those meetings. She said, you know, it's just like it is now when you guys preach. It's the same Spirit. Oh, you mean that wasn't designated just for Brother Branham? The angel of the Lord come and minister to Brother Branham and give him things that we would have need of to know. But the same Holy Spirit that was with William Branham is with you and your pastor and your ministers this morning. You are the anointed people of God. This is the anointed bride of this day. And you have been anointed today to take the word and break Satan's kingdom down. You don't have to keep living that way. 
You can be free this morning for who the Son has made free. He's free indeed. Listen, all your hope has to be in Jesus. Forget about your yesterdays. They're gone, Brother Tim. They're gone. And now you can be free. If we're not careful, many times we come to church year after year after year. Service after service after service. So, well, just Timothy. Just Brother Tim. Just Brother Aaron. Just Brother Joe. Just whoever. It's not just them. Hmm? They're just a vessel. Oh, Brother Brandon said, it's not me, but it's he who sent me. He said, I, I'm just a vessel. And he said, my words will fail, but you're not feeding on the words of a man. You're not feeding on the words of these men, but you're feeding on the unfailing body word of the Son of Man Christ who has been revealed and is being revealed in our very day and hour. What a blessed people we are this morning. Out of seven billion people, he chose me and you this morning to be able to hear this message of the hour to change our lives, bring us out of sin, set us free, break the curse that's been put on us. Curse after curse after curse. Year after year after year. Defeat after defeat after defeat. How many in here's ever been defeated? Five of you. How many in here's ever been defeated? All right, I knew the rest of you had. Everybody's been defeated at some point or another. But a good sign this morning is you're here. You're not in a bar room. I don't guess they serve alcohol here. But you're not somewhere else this morning, but you are here. And because you're here and you had a desire to be here, something placed that desire in you. And it wasn't the devil placed a desire in you. Brother Ed, I'll just get up Sunday morning and I'll go to church. No, God, maybe you hadn't been here in weeks. But God ordained you to be here today. And some reason this morning you woke up. I'm going to go to church. Well, honey, you ain't been to church in weeks, months, years, but I'm going today. And you get up and you come to church because something inside you drawed you. Even when you felt that you had failed so miserably, God didn't care anymore. God does care. And that's why he sends his word and he heals the people. So God come this morning, woke you up, brought you to the house of God, and he's sounding a jubilee trumpet for you this morning. You don't have to live in addictions anymore. You don't have to live in sickness any longer. You don't have to be defeated any longer. For there is one here who is a chain breaker this morning, and I'd like to introduce him to you. His name is Jesus this morning. He has the power to set men free. He has the power to break open every hell pit that's come against you. The power of Jesus Christ is greater than all your enemy. Greater than all your defeat. Greater than all your insecurities. Greater than all your failures.
But I seen where you failed last week. Maybe it comes to you, young boys. You're not, you'll never get the Holy Ghost. Well, I seen what website you was on last week. Huh? Listen, don't just take some pat you on the back. Someday you'll get the Holy Ghost. You get a no-so experience with God. So you quit stumbling into those things. And the devil lays them out there. You're going to be tried and tempted. And greater is he when he comes in you than he that's in the world. And he will be your keeping power. He will be your overcoming power. The devil says you shouldn't even come to church this morning. Well, look at the things you did and the things you said and the way you treated your parents and the way you treated the pastor and the way you treated... Huh? Just keeps throwing things out. Well, somebody might say something about you if you come to the house of God. Hmm? Somebody might not like the way you act. Somebody might say with what you're wearing and they might get on to you. Those are excuses from hell to keep you out of the presence of God because God wants to deliver you. He wants to take that hell bound situation that you are in and he wants to take the bars and rip the bars off of it and set the captive free this morning. He don't want you to keep living in defeat. Listen, too many years we've allowed generational curses to plague our homes and plague our individual lives. And instead of dealing with it, we put up with it. Well, I'll just, it's just the way I'm going to be. Timothy, you're just going to have to accept the fact. It's just the way he is. He'll just sit here. He'll never praise God because the devil don't want him to. He's got him down. Well, he praises God, but I'm just saying. Huh? And the devil's beating on him. Don't praise. There ain't no need in getting happy. There ain't no need in letting a chain breaker come. There ain't no need in putting all your hope in Jesus. Just, just let me ruin your life. How can a man get to that place? He can get to that place when the whole when he's not got his wall up and he's not praying like he ought to be praying. The devil can come in and begin to put these thoughts in your minds. Huh? And this is the battleground. That's why they've been preaching on you gotta have the armor on. You have to be protected. You have to have the helmet of salvation. You have to have the whole thing on. Because God ain't building a house, He's building an army this morning. And there's a New Testament church rising up in this house. Let the denominational curses be there. There will be a bride without spot or wrinkle who will rise up in Laodicea and defeat the devil on his own territory. Not by their own defeat, but by the Holy Ghost that's within them. Comes and he breaks it loose. Huh? And the people get free. <clears throat> a lot of people don't like being, they're scared of freedom. Right. You can set Johnny Crow free. And Johnny Crow's been bound up so long, he don't know he's free. So he goes to a certain limit and he stops. But if Johnny Crow ever realizes the chain ain't on him no more, he's going to start flying. Huh, and that's the way it is with a believer, not the type of believer with a crow, but a believer when he realizes he's been set free. Huh, he comes up to a point, and many times people, I'm, I'm just preaching from what I experience at home, okay? You have people, they, they hear the word, but they're a little hesitant to it because it's not what they've always been preached. 
And they're sitting there going, where did Brother Jason get that at? And then you start showing them and showing them. Then they can't deny it, but they've come to a point and they're really still yet afraid to step into it because of the fear of the unknown. But let me tell you, once you step into this word, the revelation of the word of this hour, the devil has lost his grip on your life. He's lost your grip and he begins to reveal the word to you and show you where you came from and now what you are in this hour. Listen, church, when the opening of the word become real to me, I remember how I was before. I'm just going to be honest with you. Actually, I was a so-called message believer that was no different than a Pentecostal. And I realize this is going wherever. It doesn't really matter. I didn't believe the opening of the word. I didn't see all those things. I didn't understand many things. Get that thing out of here. I didn't catch those things, but it wasn't the time for me to catch them yet. But when the time came for me to see them, I couldn't help but see them. And God began to unfold it, but otherwise I was no different than Pentecost other than I believed in God sent a prophet. I might have understood serpent seed and water baptism and a few things like that. But when Christ came and become real to me and showed me this Bible has become a new book. It's not looking at it through Pentecostal ideas any longer or through your Baptist theology any longer. The word has become real to you and it will set your heart on fire. It'll bring deliverance to you. It'll set the captive free this morning. Don't get used to the situation you're in if it's not according to God's word. It's time as eagles to rise up and shake it off and say enough is enough. Huh? Well, Brother Jesse, I don't have any hope. No, you heard, heard the song saying your hope's in Jesus. Huh? Your yesterday's gone. You heard the other song sung, how your chains have been broken because he's a chain breaker. You hear those things. Those are not just words, but those have been inspired upon men. Maybe they ain't men that even believe like us. They don't mean God can't inspire them to write a song. And they've wrote songs and they've laid it out there that the bride can actually rejoice in because we even have a greater revelation of the song than they do. When we catch that revelation, it changes our mentality. You remember Brother Roy Borders? Brother Bram tells this dream he had of Roy Borders. And his eyes was half closed and he was there and like a prison. And he said, I screamed out, Brother Borders, in the name of the Lord Jesus, snap out of that. And he could just barely speak. And he said, Brother Bram, it'll have to take something more than this. I just can't grasp it. Brother Branham, I just can't grasp it. And I said, oh, Brother Borders. He said, I, I love him. <clears throat> I, I, he appreciated him. And, and someone pulled me away and he, he recognized it was Miss Fenton who ran the grocery store. And, and she said, Brother Branham, you, you need to deliver these. We need delivered from this that we're in. And, and he said, hey, this is a house of hell that we're living in, but we need delivered. Yes, 
And he said, I looked at myself and I, I seen all the twisted arms and the legs and the minds of people were all twisted and they were beating their head like that against a wall and they were in bondage and they were, they were under a curse. And they couldn't seem to get free from it. Listen, now the Jubilee trumpet was about to sound for them. And even the prophet of God didn't know what he was going to do. He said, I looked at the bars and the walls were too thick. And the bars were so big, and I looked at my muscles, and I didn't have any muscles. Brother Gary, it kind of reminds me of your testimony you give the other day, how God come and raised you up. Huh? It wasn't Brother Tim's muscles that did it. It wasn't Brother Gary's muscles that did it. But the house of hell that he was in had to give way at the name of Jesus Christ. So here, here, Brother Branham, he's looking at these people and they're helping, help us, Brother Branham. Do something for us, Brother Branham. We, we need deliverance. Because right. they become under a curse. But Christ come and become a curse. So you didn't have to live under a curse. Hallelujah. And he said, oh, Miss Fenton, I wish I could help you. I wish there was something I could do. And he said, those bars were just too big. And it was all, I just couldn't do it. And he said, and then all at once, I saw a little flicker back inside the dungeon of light. And it began flicking around and I looked up and, and there stood the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. When Jesus comes on the scene, he fixes the problems. And he said, a light of rainbow was around him. Reminds me of the rainbow we seen the other evening. Brother Tim started in front of the cabin. On this side of the property, ended on this side of the property, both in the lake. Rainbow was around him. And he said, he looked at me and he said, deliver the people. He said, Lord, how can I deliver these people? And the Lord Jesus went away. And he said, I stood there. What could I do? And all of a sudden, it come up from within him. And he looked out there and he began to sound the jubilee trumpet. And he said, house of hell, give way in the name of Jesus Christ. And he said, all the bars began to break. All the people began to shout and began to run. They had the twisted arms come straightened up. The twisted legs became straight. Listen, church, they had received their jubilee. Don't miss it in this hour. God too has sent us a jubilee in this hour that would set us free from the curse that's been left against us. Maybe today you've battled and you've battled and you've battled right here over and over and over. And the devil has even told you you might as well give up. You might as well end it all. Nobody cares. He's a liar. Fear? He's a liar. Huh? The devil? He's a liar. He comes not but to destroy and to steal and to rob you of your joy and to rob you of every redemptive blessing that God has given you. But it's time as we as the church of the living God say enough is enough. 
We're not living with you any longer, devil. You're not my master. You're not my Lord. But there has one coming this hour that would break the bondage that's been held against me that'll set me free from the generational curses. Brother Jason, if somebody knows I had a generational curse, what would they think? Who cares what they think? Who cares? Well, it was passed on for many years. If I go to the altar, what would someone think of me? You sort of took the whole thing. What are they going to think of me? Who cares what they think of you? Well, if I, I went up there, my, my brother, my friend sitting next to me, what you ought to be asking is what's Jesus going to think if I don't get free from this? Huh, he come and gave me a word to set me free. And now he who the son has made free, we already read, is free indeed. So you don't have to keep going on the same old, same old, same old, same old. He's here. Elijah's God is with us today. He's here to will and do whatever we say. Behold the bride of Christ in full array. He's here. Elijah's God is here. You have to get sick and tired of the condition you're living in. You have to be ready to say, I need the same Lord Jesus. I need the same power manifested in my life. I need the same deliverance in my life that this one got, that Sister Elena got, that this one over here got. I've got this plague in my family. I need to be delivered. Of He's the same Lord Jesus that was here two months ago when she was healed. He's the same God that met the woman at the well. He's the same God that stooped down there and rode in the sand. He's the same God this morning that can take every fear, every doubt, every bit of unbelief and throw it away and set you free this morning. Anybody here sick and tired of being sick and tired? Of living with something that the devil's put in your family that you think you have to live with? You don't have to live that way. Huh? There may be bars of steel and the walls may be thick this morning. And you may be living in a house of hell. I'm trying to think of the exact date, but three or four months ago, I got, I used to have an electrical business and I, I got so caught up in it. It became a prison house and captured me in it because I couldn't find help. Not enough electricians in our area to begin with. Couldn't find decent help. So I'm running, burning candles both ends, preaching, doing electrical work, more electrical work than preaching probably, which was wrong. I got to where I couldn't bend my knees. I couldn't walk without having 20, let's see, 800 milligrams three times a day of ibuprofen. Then I could get to where I could tolerate it, but there was still swelling in my knees and my ankles. And, and I'm going to the doctor. and I've done figured out, you know what, these things ain't going to keep climbing ladders anymore. I got to do something. And I come to youth camp. Well, Jason, you're not young. Potentially, I am. <laughs> My wife said, you're losing your hair. 
I said, I ain't lost the one of them. They're exactly where the prophets were. huh? So I, I'm, pardon this testimony, but to God be the glory. I'm in a prison. I'm in youth camp. I'm miserable. I drove down there. I didn't feel like driving down there. But I wanted our young people wanted to go, so we, we take them to youth camp. We get there, and one night or one morning, I text Brother Tim. I said, Brother Tim, I need some advice. How do I get rid of all these jobs that I have? Because I got school or church additions and all kinds of stuff. He didn't tell me how to get rid of them. He just took me right back to the scripture and to the message of the hour. And he said, you get your affairs in order and God will heal you. I don't know when. It might not be instantly, but he will heal you. So, you know, he, you know how he is. He don't cut you no slack. You didn't cut me. No, I didn't need no slack cut. And so he just lays it in there. And just to be right honest, it was to have the business. I didn't need the business. I didn't need the money. It wasn't that. It was more of a pride thing. My dad and I started it, and I didn't want to see it close. But sometimes you have to realize God's changing a chapter. And he changes the chapter in your life. And if you don't go along and read with him, you're behind and that's where I was caught was in that prison. And at youth camp, I needed delivered. I needed the bars to be set down and to be shaken down. And Brother Tim shook my bars around me with the word. And it caused me to realize I'm going home and I'm just going to quit. I got work stacked up. How are you going to get it done? I don't know. I ain't doing it. God comes to me, hey, when are you going to start this? I said, I ain't doing it. You ain't doing it? No, I retired. <laughs> you retired? I said, absolutely. I retired from electrical work. I ain't doing no more. He looked at me. Guys in the supply house said, I said, well, I'm, I'm retiring. I'm not doing no more electrical work. You're awful young to retire. Well, I'm not doing this anymore. And so the job goes on, the big job, I told them. Hey, I've got sick. I can't climb ladders. I've got to quit. Just so happened the next day or the same day, there come another electrical contractor needed work, took the job. So just all, God orchestrated it all just perfect. And so I had another x-ray. They diagnosed me with sarcoidosis, and, and <clears throat> which affects your lungs and sometimes your joints and things. And, and so I had went to the doctor. They'd run all these tests and, and, I just got curious one day just a couple of weeks ago and I thought, I'm going to go online because the doctor don't tell you anything. I'm going to go online and find out what all those test results were. <clears throat> so I start looking. Here it was this. There was stuff in your lungs and I go to the next test. Two months later, examine compared to the first one. Your lungs are clear. Your blood tests are perfect. Huh? It wasn't me that made them perfect, but the Lord Jesus did it. And I can tell you this morning, if you are in a prison house this morning, he is able to take the bars and destroy the enemy of your life. And to God be the glory this morning. It's all glory be to Jesus. It's nothing you can do. Nothing you can't be great enough. But maybe you're in a prison this morning. Let me sound the jubilee to you. House of hell, give way to the name of Jesus Christ. 
You can go free this morning. Who the Son has made free. He's free indeed this morning. Hallelujah. You don't have to stay captive. You don't have to be beat down. Hallelujah. He's here this morning to deliver you, to set you free, to touch your body. Hallelujah. There's no God like Jehovah. There's no God like our God. He's all powerful. He's all knowing. And maybe just now, the devil said, you can't break through. It's not for you. It is for you. And it is for your house. And we're all going in. And we're not going to leave a hook behind us. <clears throat> as for me and my house, as was quoted a while ago, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to give God all the glory and give God all the praise. Well, Brother Jason, what if you go back Tuesday and your lungs has got spots in it again? Well, he already healed me. Hmm? Don't think the devil ain't been there telling me. Those spots are going to reappear. I'm sure he's told you that too, hasn't he? But he's a liar. Huh? God has done this work. It's not the working of the hands of a man. It's the working of the hands of Almighty God. What he's done for his people, he has struck off the curse that's been against you by the blood of Jesus Christ. Therefore, there is no weapon formed against us that can prosper. No demon power that can turn you over. You will rise when he calls your name. Let me say this morning, the Holy Ghost is here to stamp out everything that's been held against you. This was your account. A lot of things in this book talking about you, talking about me. Well, Jason, he did this, this on page 155. And he said this and acted this way. Well, Lord, over here, Jesus over here on page 340, he, he put his business ahead of your work. And God says, yeah, but did you see over here on the page of my book? In my book, he come back to the throne of mercy. And in my book, he asked me to forgive him. And so in my book, I don't find any fault. Huh? I find, listen, he didn't find no fault in your lamb. He can't find no fault in you either. For you had a perfect lamb this morning. And he reads my book and he says, you have been pardoned. You have been forgiven. Hallelujah. He has set you free. He set me free. He set you free. He set you free. He set you free. Uh, he broke the generational curses against you. But you have to receive it this morning. You have to act upon the Jubilee trumpet. Well, it sounded. But I'm going to stay down here and keep this old hole in my hand and keep working for the master. Oh, no. When the jubilee sounded, I'm going to throw that old hole down. And I might only be able to crawl to the base of the mountain. 
Huh? I get down to the base of the mountain. And then there was another one above me. And another one above me. Till they got to the top of the mountain. And when the light shined up first, the sound began to come down the mountain. We are free. We are free. We are free. We are free. And when it made it down to the elderly down at the bottom of the mountain, they said, we are free. We are free. We're not living here any longer. We're not going to be bound any longer. But he who the Son has made free this morning, he is free indeed. And you don't have to keep going. Listen to me, young people, older people like we don't have to live with the enemy. You speak to the mountain and tell it to flee. Whatever you say, it's in your court this morning. If our musicians would come today. As we stand this morning. our heads bowed every eye closed I can feel with some of you this morning who's had the devil talk to you in your mind and tell you it'll come back again the devil says I ain't giving up on you well God hadn't either (laughs) Uh, He hadn't gave up on me either. You'll drift back out in the world again. You don't have to this morning. The Holy Ghost is here. Whatever you have need of this morning, He's here. If you're sick in your body this morning, He's here. Well, Jason, I, I have a need this morning. There's hands already raised. Maybe you're battling you need somebody to pray with you we'll be glad to pray with you this morning he's here to break every chain 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 There's an army rising up. 